All right, everyone, before we kick off today's episode, we have to introduce you to our incredible sponsor, Champions Round. Whether you're already a fantasy player or just trying to become one, competing with friends doesn't stop at the final whistle. Neither should your fantasy league. Champions Round is building the arena where your favorite sports and athletes are always in play. They're the only round-based fantasy sports game, which is pretty cool because they break up the season into small chunks and you have more chances to draft your perfect team and to win, of course. You can do your mock drafts, play with friends, family, or even us. Play with us, your draft queens. So go on, download the Champions Round app on the App Store to play today. And now, let's get into today's show. everybody it's your draft queens kate and michelle and oh boy we have one more football game left in this beautiful beautiful season hi michelle how are you are you enjoying the very end of this incredible football season that's finally winding down and we're we're entering the big game how do you feel i feel very excited i can't believe we made it to the super bowl through the playoffs into the Super Bowl, and my boy Tommy made it. Your boy Tommy made it. I, uh, I'm i very excited for you. Congratulations, first and <laughs> foremost, on that. I mean, we had some hot takes last week, right? We had four teams going into AFC and NFC Championship. I guess we're getting right into football, so of whatever. Of course we are. Right no, into it. No delay. No delay. It. Yes. Uh, we had four incredible teams face off in the AFC and NFC championships. I am thrilled at any outcome. Like, you can't lose. And in fact, we kind of split the difference between we did. who was correct in, in making their picks and who picked wrong. So we split I feel, the difference I there. feel very good about uh, my pick picks. I've, I'm so upset for the Bills. I'm really sad for the Bills. I know. That game just did not look very good for them. Um, but at the end of the day... It's super, I mean, just look, like, think about this story. How do you even write this even better than it, than it happened? Like, Brady leaves New no. England after being, you know, the, the winningest quarterback, whatever. Everybody freaks out. He's leaving New England. What's going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He goes, you know, to Tampa Bay. He's got, like, this arsenal of guys. It takes a while for them to, like, kind of get their shit together. It still makes you nervous every time you watch them play. It is not a shoe-in, you know, kind of win. And then... You watch this game and it just, it clicked. And their defense stepped up big, 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 big. Their defense really, you know, helped them out here. And now, you know, for the first time ever, which is honestly crazy. I have so many people that are like pissed about this as if anyone could have foreseen this, that he gets I to know. play at home. Everyone's like, I don't think that's fair. I'm like, guys, they've avoided it for like almost 60 years. It was bound to happen at some point. It's just kind of poetic that it happened to Tom Brady. I in my personal opinion. It is a, um, it's a hero story. It's really epic. It's like who really wrote this epic. movie? Who wrote it? Who's directing it? I'm so curious because we're <laughs> all, we're all watching the credit it. for this. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, I, I can't believe it. 
So I'm with you in that it feels like it's a literal film playing out before our eyes. I've also heard so many commentators on ESPN and what have you, but like talking about his 30 for 30 and how insane that'll be if he like, if he wins this Super Bowl. The other side of that coin that I just want to touch on because it's unavoidable is like, what about Bill Belichick? Like, what happens to that <laughs> legacy? Because Tom is just totally besmirching his name. Like, There's so many interesting things about that, right? Well, first of all, the funny, this is not interesting, it's just funny, but, you know, the Bernie, I have to bring this up because we didn't bring it up last week, but the mm. Bernie memes that, like, lit the internet on fire. Though There was yeah. one that was hilarious. Somebody put Bill Belichick's face on Bernie, like, sitting there pouting. That was hilarious because it's probably what he's doing in a way, but I don't know. I've learned a lot like reading, you know, sort of post, you know, patriot life about how specifically I think they were talking about, you know, the coaching and how Tom obviously this far in his career, you know, sometimes doesn't want to be coached and or maybe doesn't need to be. I don't know, but doesn't want to be. And, you know, Belichick didn't really necessarily let that fly all the time. Um, And look, sometimes you just let him do what he's doing. It works. Well, that's what Arians was saying. And then we'll get off of the Bucks and talk about the Chiefs. Yes. But that's what that's what Bruce Arians was saying, I guess, in some a press conference or something. Yeah, yeah. He literally said, "I sometimes I just show up and sit back. Sometimes you, you just have to do that. Hey, if you, if you spent that much time and money trying to get this guy down here, you got to let him do what he does best. Anyway, you're right. We've talked a lot about Tommy. This is a movie. Congratulations to whoever wrote it. And also congratulations to the Bucks. I think it's going to be super cool for them, um, you know, to be able to play on their, their home turf, something that's never happened in the Super Bowl before. But you know what? They got a pretty damn tough competitor coming in to play that game. Home field or not, this is going to be a rough one. Well, weren't you excited? I mean, talk about like this being a movie Super Bowl, but like I am really, really excited to see like the future of football playing the Super Bowl. It's true. With Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. It's true. He's the he's the Billy Goat coming in to play the the Papa Goat. <laughs> <gasps> That's so cute. The goat and the Billy Goat. Oh, I'm gonna write that down. It's gonna That's be cute. cool. I mean, look, the, like. Obviously, watching Mahomes play is is always exciting. Um, the whole team is exciting to to watch. I mean, Travis Kelsey just like lit everybody up last week, as we thought that he would, and he and he did. He tore that Bills defense up. But it's just so it, it's two very 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 different styles of play, which is going to be very interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, it was exciting to watch you know Tom play uh, Aaron Rodgers, but like that's very similar style. These guys are totally different ends of the spectrum. It's going to be really fun. And, you know, I just said Aaron Rodgers' name, and and now I'm having flashbacks to the game. Can we talk about the fact that he should have ran the fucking ball in the end zone? What was he doing? Well, I I was going to bring that up when you were talking about um, Tom and we mentioned Bruce Arians, but I was like, oh, shoot. Like, the Packers, and I'm having flashbacks to, like, Mike McCarthy and now Matt not, LaFleur. They showed that from, like, every angle possible. Like, and especially Aaron Rodgers talking about styles of play, right? The guy can move, and he do, and he actually does it fairly aggressively for a quarterback. Like, he'll take a hit. He won't slide all the time. And if there was ever a time to go hard and maybe take a hit, that was it. He could have gotten in the end zone. I know. I I don't disagree. I mean, we were we watched uh, with my household, and we had a guest. So, but someone who we'd been <laughs> okay. quarantining with. Anyway, you allowed someone we had in a your guest bubble. And, 
someone in our bubble. It's an amazing <laughs> thing. Uh, but we were all watching and uh, it was an eruption. When that happened, when they didn't go for it on fourth down and what, where were they at? Like the eight yard line? Something like they were like really, that. they were in the red zone at least, at least. Just, I mean. Just bizarre. I'm just, that that really threw me off. I was really confused. And yeah, when they showed that angle of, of, of you're right, I think it was eight or whatever it was within the 10 you know in, in, within 10 yards like he easily could have gotten that in and I just can't believe he didn't go for it I'm so surprised well, well would you rather like it's tough right because I was looking at the clock there's more than two minutes left they have all of their timeouts like I get that there's it's a it's a betting game you know yes, I'm not a betting is. gal but it's a betting game uh but You're don't also you bet doing on it in real Aaron Rodgers? I don't know, man. You bet on Aaron Rodgers. That's exactly right. You bet on Aaron Rodgers, and it's the fucking NFC championship game. You let the man go for it, you know? I will say the one thing I wrote into our document, our doc today to talk about is that I'm just a little worried about Aaron Rodgers. Like, I You're- do want to, I don't want to spend too much time on the losers, but in two weeks, by the way, if you're tuning into this, tune in in two weeks where we have a Super Bowl episode coming out. Uh, oh, no, next week. Next week. Yeah, but tune in next week. We have a Super Bowl episode coming out. So we'll get into the Mahomes versus Brady everything breakdown next week. But for this week, like, I do want to spend a little time on the losers like the Aaron Rodgers because I'm a little worried about him. Like, what the fuck happens next for Aaron Rodgers? Is he staying in green bay that's gonna be the is thing it's gonna it, moving it's gonna it's i think it's gonna depend on like how green bay handles the situation right because if they like twiddle their thumbs and they don't kind of like lock him in for the rest of his career he's gonna get he's probably gonna try to walk it could be like the tom brady situation like who knows i i i am a little i'm not worried for him he's going to be fine he's aaron Rodgers, but it's gonna be interesting to see how this one plays out for sure yeah, I I could not agree more. And I am I'm excited. really nervous about him. I'm excited to watch the Bills again next season, though. I think Josh Allen, like, continuously gets better. He's young, but he's learning. Um, I think they're going to, you know, hopefully put together, you know, a pretty good a pretty good series of, of, of seasons here. Um, they couldn't take it all the way this year, but he's young, and you could see it in, in his playing um, in that game against the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah, they totally shut him down. I mean, I'm I agree with you on that front too. Like, first of all, uh, I think that hopefully Josh Allen has a really long and fruitful career with the Bills, and the Bills just looks like. I mean, uh, I looked back at all of those uh, Stefan Diggs like watching that Chiefs accept the you know like do their whole rigmarole after they won the AFC championships, and the only person who stuck on the field is Diggs, and he's like twisting the knife. In himself, in himself because the right? bells lost yeah. yeah like someone with that kind of he's i mean beating himself up probably because i know the bills wanted it i have a little more of a soft spot in my heart for bills fans after last week's episode where we talked about their the charitable charity. donations yep. but go back and listen if you haven't listened but yeah i i hope it's a really fruitful road for them because josh allen's a badass he really is i agree well sooner or later it'll it'll come faster than we think we'll be we'll be talking to you about who you think we should or who we think you should draft for uh for next season's fantasy and i bet you josh allen's gonna be pretty high up there in everybody's uh rankings next year so sucks to see the bills you know take a loss but i mean 
shit, losing to the Chiefs, like you can't feel too bad about it. And they had a, a hell of a season. Aaron Rodgers, like you said, you're probably crying. He's probably still crying a little bit or kicking himself and watching that replay, man. He's going to be running a lot of 10-yard sprints, you know, over the next six months waiting for the next season. But here we go. We're going to Tampa. Bucks, Chiefs. What do you think? Um, what do you think Aaron Rodgers did after the game? We talked about this with the folks that were watching at our apartment. I don't know. What do you think he did directly? If you're like asking me like the first thing that comes to my mind, the first thing that comes to my mind is when we talked about Des Bryant tweeting and like crying about uh, not being able to play and then he was drinking wine. I feel like that's what Aaron Rodgers went to go do. (laughs) That's what I thought too. I thought that Aaron, my answer was Aaron Rodgers gets in his pickup truck. He drives to his log cabin <laughs> that he has somewhere in the woods in Wisconsin or Minnesota or however many states he needs to go over to get away from everyone, Montana even. And then he gets to the cabin. He sits down. Yeah. He opens a bottle of whiskey. Oh, whiskey. No rocks. Okay. Just neat. Okay. Neat. No rocks because it's Aaron Rodgers. And he stares at his wood wall. <laughs> and that's all he does. I'm kind of there with you, except I would replace the whiskey with wine. I don't know. I just feel like he's a red wine kind of dude. You think so? I, I get such like like lumberjack whiskey vibes from... Anyway, anyway. Had to ask the question, but you are right in that we've got an epic game coming up in two weekends. And next Friday, tune in 8 a.m. Eastern time. We will be covering all things Super Bowl Let's fucking go. But for today, we've got a pretty we've got an exciting show, Michelle. We have a guest today. We love friends. We, we love guests. Yes, yes. Today is our Super Bowl halftime show episode, which I think will be pretty awesome. Because let's face uh, it, as excited as I sound about the actual game, I'm equally, if not maybe a little bit more excited about the halftime show because let us recall Kate and I are sports fans, but we are huge music fans. May or may not work in the music industry. It's fine. We are just as excited about the Super Bowl halftime show as we are about the game. So we figured, why not bring on some friends? Let's talk about the best ones, the worst ones, this one. And then next week, we'll give you all of our nitty gritty, annoying, detailed, everything you need to know about the Super Bowl game. But today, we're going to keep it light and fun and talk about the halftime show. Yes, and we also, um, because I've been restructuring these huddles to have headlines that I go deep in, like random things that I'm interested in every week, we've also got a really, really exciting huddle coming up. Uh, we've got some drama in the hockey world, and so I did a little deep dive on some hockey shit, so uh, it's going to be a good huddle. So should should we just get right into your huddle? Let's get right into the huddle. All right, and we're rolling right into our huddle as every week. Everybody knows the rules. We have 60 seconds on the clock, and we are going through back and forth between Michelle and I, your draft queens. We are going through the biggest headlines of the week, and this week specifically, like I said, I've got a juicy one. I did a deep, deep dive on one of our headlines, but we'll get to it in just a second. So, Kate's Michelle, becoming, as always. Kate's becoming just a regular journalist right in front of our very eyes, everybody. Listen, my first job out of college was I was a production assistant. And PA. My, I was a straight-up PA. I worked for the uh, executive producer at 60 Minutes. 
And uh, yeah, I may have been like a little bit of a bitch at that point, but it, <laughs> but it got me to a journalistic place. Like I, I've got it in my blood. We it's love it in my career path from we love the very it. beginning. Not only are we reading you the headlines, but Kate's giving you some some serious editorial uh, guidance here on what's going on. Yeah, I'm going to spit some very exciting editorial knowledge and spill all of the tea. Like the entire <laughs> kettle is coming out at the end of this episode uh, or at the end of this segment. Okay, but... now I'm excited. I'm excited. Let's get let's get to it. Okay, run through them real quick. I'm going to count you down and then we've got 60 seconds to get through all six of these headlines. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. In three. In three. And two. And one. And huddle. All right, internet personality turned pro boxer Jake Paul will fight former UFC fighter Ben Askern in an eight-round pro boxing match on April 17th. In similar UFC news, Conor McGregor was defeated this past Saturday after taking, uh, talking a big comeback game in his fighting career. By the way, the guy's name was Azkren, not Azkern. Sorry. <laughs> go, Next go, headline. Go, go. Deshaun Watson's be- uh, landing spot after his trade could be the Jets, could be the 49ers, could be the Panthers. Uh, Gianna Bryant, daughter of Kobe Bryant and her teammates Alyssa Altabelli and Peyton Chester, were named honorary selections in last Friday's WNBA draft. Cool. The NCAA Amen. says it lost $800 million in revenue from canceled March Madness. <laughs> And finally, the NWHL rips Barstool Sports after Erica Nardini, the CEO, targets journalists in a video. And Michelle, I'm turning off the timer because we came in with one second left. Kudos. Ooh. Okay, so first of all, apologies for Ben, sir. I'm sorry. I don't watch fighting as we know from past episodes. I just like sometimes have like letter dyslexia. I'm sorry. Your name I didn't say it the right way. I'm sure Kate has a thousand of these somewhere of me saying the wrong name. That being said, I do not watch UFC, but I was curious what happened with Conor McGregor after we talked about it last week. He, like, left the fight on crutches. I mean, that didn't go so well for him. No, he, um, and actually, again, like, (laughs) we don't watch fighting. However, it's interesting to follow along with because if you look back at Conor McGregor's actual win-loss record in his career, mm. it's not great, you know? It's like 50-50. So is maybe? it just like more his like arrogant personality of just like being – because that's so. part of it, right? It's the fighting, but it's the show that you put on outside the ring, right? Yeah, I mean, I would be very – if there is anyone listening to this, and I know that there are – I know that there are a lot of you, so you must speak up. But if you do watch UFC, any sort of fighting, and can explain that to us, I mean, it's kind of the same blind spot as last week where we didn't know anything about cricket or even how to explain that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it, I feel like he's just a – he's become a household name because of that arrogance. It's clearly not he's a Muhammad Ali who's – fucking like a real athlete obviously all of these guys are athletes but um i think mcgregor is just really known for being outspoken and kind of brash and like an irishman and you know he's got like a i'm irish so i can say that but he's got a certain mentality he's got a he comes off with a certain persona so i think all in all he's actually he's a good boxer but maybe not the best you know what i'm saying well sorry for your loss sir but i know people were entertained um, tell me now, Kate, cause I'm just, I'm just dying to know which one of these headlines did you dig into? I have a inkling of which one it is, but I just uh, tell us reveal, reveal. 
It's the last headline. I figured. And that was the National Women's Hockey League and Barstool Sports, specifically their CEO, Erica, going toe-to-toe this week after she released a video last week talking about uh, hockey journalists. So I don't know. Do you, How much of this tea do you want? Because I could go. Well, I mean... Give me the TDLR because, or TLDR. See, I have, I have letter dyslexia. What is wrong with me? Oh you actually God. do have letter dyslexia. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm, that is what dyslexia is. It's just switching letters. So okay, just well, plain dyslexia. Then perhaps I have <laughs> late onset. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Explain. Tell me about this. I'm, I'm curious to know. I feel like I might get riled up, but just tell me. Don't get too riled up because okay. I think I actually take a, um, Kind of a different approach than most people do about Barstool, but we'll get there. Um, So Barstool Sports, a media agency and general uh, sports media company in New York, uh, they are, they were founded by this guy, Dave Portnoy. If you don't know Dave Portnoy, he's also known as El Prez or Presidente or whatever. Um, He is the head honcho. He founded the company. He hired the CEO, Erica, and she's a badass bitch. Like, gotta call a spade a spade, you know? Like, there are too few women in this industry to not give props to this badass lady who's their CEO. Um, So Erica Nardini, she, current CEO at Barstool, she also uh, is a huge hockey fan. Like, that's her thing. She loves hockey. Okay. Um, And I gotta be honest with you, Michelle, I didn't even know that before last week... Dead honest, I did not know the National Women's Hockey League existed. I didn't know. Okay. Did you? You're learning. I I did know that it existed, yes. Okay, so they've got six teams in the league. Erica Nardini has always been a fan of women's hockey, and uh, she's, of late, she's been, like, propping them up and uh, wants to buy a team, and really, she's invested. She's invested in the hockey community. Mm -hmm. Um, Last week on her podcast called token ceo she had two of the um two of the women in the league on her show mm-hmm. and um push comes to shove if i'm cutting to the punchline here um she had said things about uh i guess journalists in this video from her show i think but whatever it was i i guess people are taking out of context that she's like slandering journalists who are in the the world of hockey, right? She's already come out since then and said, you know, uh, no disrespect, I'm not a hockey journalist. I'm not a hockey expert. I've come into the field later than all of you, but um, I've got something to say anyway. You know, like if new people come to be fans of your league, that's a good thing. Anyway, I will get there. All of this to say, the National Women's Hockey League, NWHL, released a statement uh, earlier this week. You're hearing this on a Friday, so I think it was a Tuesday, if not earlier in the week, uh, and had said that they just do not condone that, uh, and essentially, in lesser terms, had said they don't want to be associated with Barstool, full stop. So this has turned into like Hmm. a... (laughs) It snowballed really into put, this. She really thing. put her foot in her mouth. If she's like a big hockey fan, like you, now you offended them. Good work. It's kind of like a weird double-edged sword, though, you know. Because so I watched the video and I found it very unobtrusive. Like I didn't feel like she was 
uh, hurting anybody's feelings or was meaning to say something that was slanderous or or bullshit, quite frankly. I, I thought it was fine, you know? Uh, and it's just turned into, like, a Twitter mad rampage mm. of people going back and forth and, like, the Barstool folks are defending Erica and hockey people are split or just not saying anything. And then some hockey journalists are, like, really not about it because they're territorial over the league. So uh, I... I think it's an it's a really interesting one. It really is. And especially because this weekend, this past weekend was the kickoff for or whatever you call it for them, but like their NWHL season started this weekend. And I think that the the girls who were on her show uh got knocked out of the tournament the first weekend. So it's all around just like the internet's exploding. It's really, really crazy. I don't know. With that context, does that make sense? What questions? I mean uh, I mean most Am of, I explaining this well? I don't know. I think I think you're mostly explaining it well. I mean I think it, it, it seems as though probably some words were taken out of context as it as it tends to happen, especially as it relates to, you know, social media. Um that said, I will keep my comments about Barstool short and sweet in that I don't think it's the greatest thing happening out there in the sports world, especially for females. So I feel, you know, anything that anything that can be taken out of context, people are looking for that kind of shit is basically what I'm saying. So if if there's a moment for people to attack, they're going to do it. You know what I mean? And so it, this one probably had extra you know, sort of uh, uh, heat behind it, if you will, because she's outspoken about hockey specifically that like you make a wrong, look, especially on social media, you make a wrong thing, you allude to something, people are going to get you. That's what happens. Um, I just feel like women in the industry should do their best to prop, not take down. Um, But I mean, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. I know. I I agree with you, though. Like, I don't even know if I've gotten to the craziest part, but I'll keep it brief. I agree in that the part that really grinds my fucking gears is, like I said at the beginning of the segment, like, she's a boss bitch CEO who's supporting... She's not knocking the NWHL, you know? She's probably the biggest supporter that they have. Right. And they have a billion dollars. So she was looking to buy a team and one of the six fucking teams in the anyway, it's like the Boston Pride, the Buffalo Buttes, the uh the Connecticut Whale Whalers, I don't know, the Riveters, uh the White Caps and the Toronto Six. So there's literally only six teams. She wanted to buy one. She's you trying know? To, yeah, she's trying to put money she's trying to put money. She's helping into the women. It. Yeah. I look she's having them on her show. She's look, trying I to think, like give them exposure. I think that's all great. I think that's all great. Brilliant way to try to bring money to something that is probably under, you know, under um supported financially and otherwise. You know, that said, when you're affiliated with something like Barstool, you're already sort of a little bit on a fine line. She is a boss. I agree with you yeah, a thousand yeah. percent. It's just some of the Barstool stuff skews a little bit. They get a harder scrutinization. Exactly. Sure, exactly. For being and that, Barstool. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, you're already sort of teetering, especially as it comes to like females. She's doing her best to like be out there and support, support, support. That's awesome. But 
it's a little bit of a double-edged sword when you also are a CEO of a, of a company that, like, doesn't really support women in the best way. Yeah, it's, they've had a... It's tough, right? They've had a long road. Totally. They've come a long way from where they've been, but they do have a, rep, they have a reputation that precedes them. Exactly. Last thing I'll say before, I know we have to wrap the huddle because I've been talking forever, <laughs> but the last thing I will say is that overnight, and my favorite development in this whole story is that... Barstool started their own fake hockey league, but it's actually not fake at all because what Dave had said. So Dave's like truly a personality, the El Prez or whatever. Yeah. Wait, uh, though. Explain this to me. What do you mean? It's what, yeah. what did they do? Oh, Jesus. So Dave put out a video this week, later in the week, and it was basically saying, listen, I didn't want to put this video out, but it's time to come to Erica's defense because this has been a whole lot of bullshit and she is the number one supporter of the national women's hockey league she loves the national women's hockey league she's not trying to slander anyone this is just good it's a tailspin out of control because it's barstool like you were saying so he had said i didn't want it to come to this but i told erica that if she wanted if she wanted she can take our billion dollars as much as she sees fit and just start your own league or start your own team. Start whatever you want. Like, if that's what you want to do, do it. That is the part that I don't love as much. That's just <laughs> counterproductive. That's just counterproductive. But, that's just throwing uh, your big money around. That's counterproductive. I, that's the part of it that I don't like as much. Right. If it is just truly like, I mean, it's Barstool, so let's, again, call a spade a spade. They are making social media stunts, and they are the right, that's, kings and queens right. of of just like social media they just are so i haven't seen any developments on it i will say they do have a twitter profile it has as of this morning when i checked like 12 or thirteen thousand followers happened overnight and the joke is it's like the barstool women's hockey club or league or something and the logo is nardini hockey club so it's funny i think they're just playing with it because they can but the whole the whole thing. I guess you're right. Michelle. This has this has barstool stamped all over it. This is just how they do it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah and they're very good at it. They're yep. really good at it. They spin. <laughs> they spin, spin. You know they what I'm spin. saying? Yes, yes, yes. And for what it's worth, I don't appreciate all the journalists who are calling Erica Nardini evil. I'm like, I mean, that's Jesus. just that's just taking it too far. You know, well, there's two ends of the spectrum on this, but I fall pretty much in the middle slash to the defense of this this woman who's anyway anyway that michelle is the tea for this week's huddle very did you enjoy that it's very yes it's very interesting i need to wrap my head around this one a little bit further um i have a lot of thoughts and feelings about barstool in general but this is very interesting news well, I can guarantee you I will keep an eye on this pulse. You have to now. You have to you have to executive produce this story all the way through now. I'm a journalist, so exactly. I will be following this and I will let you know how it turns out in next week's huddle. But um yeah, that's it for for the huddle. I think uh that's all the tea I have to spill. But we've got a very special guest coming up. So, let's get into it. All right, so 
We told you all the things about the Super Bowl game that's coming up, but more importantly, we need to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show. And as Kate mentioned earlier in the episode, we wanted to bring on a friend to talk to us about it. And lucky for us, we have our friend Beth, who is not only a friend in real life, she's a friend of the pod, and she's obviously a pop culture guru. We needed someone way more, way more vested in this than us to tell us what has been the best, the worst, the craziest Super Bowl halftime shows of years past and give us her hot takes on what's going to happen this year with the weekend. So, hey, Beth, thanks for being Hi, here. Hi, Beth. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I mean, Yay, how, we're how excited could we not have to have you. you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, I love talking about sports, especially sports that have musical performances, the number one sport, in my opinion. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The number one sport is music. Well, I mean, Beth, before we get into it, because I know you've prepped notes and I know you've been waiting for this moment all of your life to tell everyone out there all of the best things about Super Bowl halftime shows. What have you been up to? Tell us about yourself. Why are you the the self-proclaimed pop culture guru? Although I co-sign that a thousand percent. I co-sign that too. I was going (laughs) to say it's not self-proclaimed. I feel like we kind of threw it out there because we feel <laughs> that way but it actually is that so, it's self-actualized yeah, I, I co-sign exactly if you Thank manifest you it it will come exactly um more about me oh my gosh I don't know I am just a like pop culture um obsessed person I read everything I listen to every podcast about it I pay attention to celebrities more than my own friends sometimes um to my detriment mostly but it's fine um and yeah I mean I I just it's a passion it's a passion I love it I love celebrity culture I love pop culture I love music and I'm excited to talk about it with you guys well we have so much to talk about because how long has the what Super Bowl are we on like where are we in the Roman numerals of Super Bowls I feel like we've had a lot of them, a lot, lot, lot. And I don't really know when Super Bowl halftime shows first started, but at least on our note list, it goes back to, I mean, as far back as I really remember with Janet Jackson in 2004 and then Aerosmith in 2001, I mean, that's at least 20 years of Super Bowl halftime shows. So we have tons to talk about, but um you are the guru. Do you want me and, to give you the uh, clarifier here? I love when Kate does. Kate always does this on the show. She throws out these things and she doesn't know the answer to them. And then I yeah, have to like, let's hear the history. Go- yeah, okay. Look them up. Okay. It's Super Bowl 55. It's happening at, in Tampa, which we know. Thank you. Um, the performer this year will be The Weeknd, which I know we will get into. And mm-hmm. it seems that the very first Super Bowl um, with, a, with a halftime show took place in 1967. Um, and it says it featured the three really? stooges, which is just odd because that's not music. But okay, that's neither here nor there. But it started in 1967. So it hasn't been the entirety of the Super Bowl, but it's been for the last 40 years or so. But the Super Bowl before like the late 90s, uh, the halftime show used to be dictated by like a theme. So the theme would be Disney. And then it would just be like random performances of Disney songs. Or the theme would be like the Blues Brothers or whatever. So it hasn't been until like our lifetimes that the Super Bowl halftime show was actually like a big pop culture event that featured an artist and like had a bunch of production value and all that shit. See, this is why we have this is why we have Beth here. This is why we have Beth here, everybody. 
Thank God we have Beth here, and it's not just you and me, Michelle, dicking around on the show. Uh, yeah, thank God for that, because I didn't know that. I don't even know what year it is anymore. Uh, no one does. That is so cool. Okay, so with that in mind, we have like 20 minutes to talk about whatever halftime, like best, worst, and indifferent that we should be talking about. So yeah. you are the guru, Beth. I want to hear from you how you feel about halftime shows across the board. Great. I like starting with good news. So we're going to go best first and then we can talk <laughs> worse, funny and the weekend. Cause I have thoughts. Um, best halftime shows. I think to me are the ones that like speak to what's happening in culture at the time. And also like have some sort of element of nostalgia because that's what we want, right? You want like a show that, you know, is not just current, but also you like see things from your childhood and it's like fun and cool and like surprising. Um, for me, that is Beyonce 2013, where she brought out Destiny's Child. Huge moment, humongous moment, like so iconic for her to just own that whole show as herself and then bring Destiny's Child in. So she didn't have any like special people that were not related to her at all. It was all about Beyonce and it was so cool and perfect and like amazing I just remember that that's like one of my favorites I say that is such a good favorite and I will interject with like my own personal story because I ended up seeing Beyonce when she did like her headline tour I guess in 2017 maybe and she was headlining all the festivals it was like a resurgence right and mm-hmm. I saw her at Coachella she was the last performance of the night you were there for also- homecoming it was. That's it was. so cool. It was epic, and I can't even imagine and totally share that sentiment. Seeing that in person, even at Coachella when I was a million feet away, was epic. I cannot imagine the people that were there in 2013, and she brings out Destiny's Child when it's even more relevant, if you will, like mm-hmm. closer to the times. It was awesome yeah it was super super cool i can't and believe they did you the were charlie's angel song yes they Crazy. did oh they yeah. uh so that's like a, a fun one here that's here's a really a, good one here's an interesting note and beth maybe you maybe you knew this but i i actually found this interesting when i was going back and looking at previous ones so obviously beyonce 2013 insane amazing um did you know that, remember when she did the formation, the, the yep. formation reveal? That actually wasn't part of her Super Bowl halftime show. That was part of one she did with Bruno and Coldplay. Bruno Mars. But like, in my head, I just thought, I like molded them together. I thought that they happened yeah, at the different. same one. I, I know, that's amazing. So it's like double Beyonce moments. Yeah, Beyonce has had many Super Bowl moments. Her... Her halftime show, like specifically, is iconic. But that formation moment, I think, similar to J Lo and Shakira last year when J Lo yeah. did her like kids in cages thing, like a really cool, interesting way of using the halftime show and like a big pop culture moment to make some sort of political statement. Like formation yep. was so much about like Black Lives Matter at the time. It was a, the start of that whole movement a couple of years ago. So huge. I think it was the Beyonce I think it was the Colin I think it was the Colin Kaepernick season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, was it? I just met. I just meshed the two together because I didn't. Re- it's just like Beyonce in my brain. It happened at the same time. Yeah. But it was interesting to see that she made that such a moment, and that wasn't even 
her halftime show. And then to your point, she comes and does what she does. And it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. She's awesome. Um, I think my other favorites, I already said this, but Shakira and JLo last year, purely for the fact that it was the last big concert before the world shut down. JLo and Shakira oh shut it all God, down. Oh my God. So true. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they were I, great. When we were seeding this out to just see and, at the end of this segment, we will be playing some of our top fan moments uh, and folks who had called in to talk about like their favorite halftime shows of all time. So we'll play that at the end of this segment. But uh, with that in mind, one of the resounding pieces of feedback that we had gotten from fans of Draft Queens is that one meme of Shakira <laughs> going up to the camera and doing the little tongue yeah. thing, which I... I don't know how to iterate that on an audio show. Everybody but like, knows what you mean. Don't worry. She does. And if you the don't thing. Google she it. It's right there. <laughs> yeah, it's right in your face. So that was definitely one that I think a lot of Draft Queens fans definitely uh, resonate with. It resonates yeah. with them. But I think memes now, too, to your point, Kate, have become a huge part of Super Bowl performances. So, like last year with Shakira and, and the Tons. Yeah. I think um, if you remember Lady Gaga started her performance by like jumping into the stadium and there was that big meme of like me jumping to conclusions and Lady Gaga (laughs) jumping into the stadium to start her performance. (laughs) Iconic. (laughs) Love it so much. Um, Left Shark, Katy Perry, huge meme. Left Shark to this day, people talk about Left Shark. Um, I still think about Left Shark. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, poor Left Shark. Yeah. Like, oh, you're being a left shark. Like, you're not pulling your weight. You're being a left shark. <laughs> Sad. Sad for you. It's, it's um, and then, like, not necessarily a meme, but I wanted to talk about this because it's not technically a Super Bowl performance. But to me, you can't talk about the Super Bowl halftime show without talking about this thing. And that is the Britney Spears Pepsi commercial. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Throwback. Yes. Yes. It is. Fill us in. Give me more. The most iconic commercial that has maybe ever existed in the history of all time. There's something bad happening in my neighborhood. I don't know if you can hear it. Um, Wow. That's okay. We don't get nice things like studios right now. So that's that's what happens living in in New York. And living rooms. Yeah, we we don't get nice things. We're recording in New York. Something on Third Avenue is is probably up in flames. Hopefully it's not my apartment. Anyway, um, (laughs) Britney Spears, Pepsi Super Bowl commercial. I didn't know until I was doing research for this wonderful segment for Draft Queens with you guys, um, was that Pepsi wasn't always the Super Bowl halftime show sponsor. I assumed that they have been forever, but they have not. And so they like really announced themselves with that Britney commercial. And she does that iconic song, which should be streaming on all platforms just as a song. You're I mean, right. I think How do we get that? Need that out into the question. world. No, we will be playing it if I can find it, and I'll cue it up for this particular episode. We'll we'll hear it in Great. listener earballs right now, but that is iconic. And mm-hmm. I also, I mean, if you're think we talked about 2001 with Britney and In Sync and Aerosmith, like how do we feel? Do so it. 2001, 2001 is my all time favorite Super Bowl halftime show. Yes, no way. Yes, yes. Aerosmith. In sync, Brittany, while she was dating Justin, iconic couple, Mary <gasps> no J. Blige, way. and Nelly, all five of them. 
singing Walk This Way at one time. Insane. So great. I just watched it on YouTube. Like, I've been watching it all day because it's so good. Highly recommend going to watch it. It is so amazing. And it starts off with, like, a Derek Zoolander, or not Derek Zoolander, but a Ben Stiller cameo from, like, his dodgeball coach character. Also very funny and very no. classic early 2000s. Yeah. Highly recommend rewatching and those that, that that like mashup combo was bonkers back then like that was pre-streaming pre-anything i remember like going on limewire like right after it and being like mm-hmm. where is that and like it was probably burned onto every cd that i burned back then because it was so epic yeah it was amazing Ugh, those were the days those were the days, you know, but I will say I have to interject because I do agree with Beth. That is my favorite. It's like I've loved it for years and years and years. And then, of course, because we're talking about Justin Timberlake, we have to say it. There was mm-hmm. what happened with jo- with Janet Jackson. We know. Yeah. We get it. OK, it was it happened. It was a mistake. Question mark. I don't know. But the other one of my favorites was when he redeemed himself and did his own show in 2018 it was amazing it was amazing i he's always amazing i knew you were gonna say that and i have <laughs> to tell you oh no i thought that was so boring oh no i agree with that Beth. thank <laughs> no. you for that take i was waiting to say it because i don't want to be the bad guy because i have to record with michelle every week but i do agree with that take <laughs> and i will say I don't know where the Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake performance falls on the scale, but it was iconic Yeah, for better or worse. It was iconic. And I remember that halftime show like it was yesterday. So anyway, that being said, I do agree, Beth, with your expert take on 2018. Not my favorite. Not my favorite. Yeah. I think it was. I'm biased. I do do think also that because of the – like swirl around Janet and like Justin Janet got all the flack for that which to be fair should not have happened like she should not have right been as like blocked like blacklisted by the Super Bowl Justin was able to redeem himself in his own show and I think because it was a redemption he couldn't do anything really crazy and cool because he needs to like clean up his image and show people that he's like an artist like man of the woods now like i'm just gonna be in my flannel and like sing with a prince hologram like super cool very low key which fine if that's what he was going for <laughs> but i want drama from the super bowl <laughs> halftime show that's why we watch it oh man. that is why we watch it oh well, man. speaking of speaking of how do we feel about Prince? I mean, I know Prince was 2007. I don't know if I have a particular feeling on it other than it's badass having Prince as your halftime Super Bowl. But we had some people also write in that they were all about that. So does that fall anywhere on your ranks, Beth? Or is that kind of just like wishy-washy? It's not on my list, only for personal reasons. I am not. I don't get super excited about Prince. I think he's iconic in music but like just me personally not my thing um but do respect that it was an amazing production of a super bowl halftime show i think it's ranked higher than justin timberlake it's ranked much higher than maroon 5 in 2019 okay 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 it's it is not ranked higher than justin timberlake beth 
Um, the funny thing about the the one that I the, the the memory that I have of the Prince one is like as you said, total icon, badass, amazing. Um, was obviously the, the the controversy or the drama that Beth is craving for at a halftime show was the curtain at the end with the guitar that looked like a phallic sign. That was a whole you know mm-hmm. that was the whole thing. So there was your your drama there. Um, and then you just started talking about this, and I want you to talk about it more. But like Maroon Five please so boring and i think the only thing that came out of the maroon 5 2019 halftime show is that women across america will simp for adam levine with his shirt off <laughs> and that's the takeaway yes. that is not the a only good or bad takeaway take a totally fine takeaway worthy of a halftime oh. show i don't think so I don't think so either. Although I will say I was not aware and I don't know if this, I mean, I didn't, does he have that many tattoos? Wasn't that a thing when he took his shirt off and everyone's like, yeah, Adam Lamee, like totally tatted up his entire body. That's the only thing I remember from that entire halftime show Same. other than it being mm-hmm. a snooze. So, but you know what? Uh, I probably shouldn't say this, but I guess I'm just going to do it. Like, uh, middle-aged women across America were very excited about that halftime show. Yep. I feel like it's it hit a demographic. They loved it and for it kind of flopped otherwise. Like but That's the true. shirt take off A+. Plus, a+. The, plus. the shirt take off. Um he Beth, had to give it to them somehow. Beth, but what are your thoughts on Bruno Mars because Bruno has done two Super Bowl halftime shows as well. Um, Yeah, to me, Bruno Mars is a snooze. And I think if you can catch my theme here, the theme of the Super Bowl halftime show is do not let a man do a woman's job. Woo! And that's, that sums up everything I have to say about the Super Bowl halftime show. Women crush it, and men are fine. Fine. I, I mean, we do host a show called Draft Queens. So yeah. there's not going to be any dissent here, but that is true. And if we're looking at also, like if we're talking 2021, but like the 2020 election, look at who's performing at the inauguration. It's mm-hmm. J-Lo, best of all time. It's Gaga let's, let's get dropping loud. in from the ceiling at halftime. Like it's all very relevant. And these women are fucking badass and yeah i mean it's just still with the times after all this time which i think brings us to the weekend what do we have to say about i mean where do we start there's like there's so much lead in we could get into like pop culture wise we can get into like his current persona which is like bandaged up and is wearing like a Mm-hmm. I, I'll let you take it, but there's a whole lot of stuff that has happened with the weekend in the last couple of years. More totally. Sure. And I think like, I would like to start by just reminding everyone that we all simultaneously agreed that the 2001 Aerosmith, Britney, NSYNC, Mary J. Blige, Nelly halftime show was iconic. Guess where that took place? In Tampa, Florida. <gasps> the weekend has a lot, has big what? shoes to fill in Tampa. 
That he does. You just blew my mind. I didn't even know that. I didn't even put two and two together. Oh my gosh, this is like the movie Kate that we were talking about earlier. Tom Brady, he leaves the Patriots. Now he's playing the Super Bowl at home. These guys, the Super Bowl halftime show has to fill the shoes of the greatest Super Bowl halftime show of all time. I mean, are we shaping up to maybe see the best Super Bowl of all time? What's going to happen? It could go anywhere. But I say that because my hopes are low but (laughs) i think kate to your point about like what the weekend's been doing he's he's like being very artsy and with his face and like the bandages and the weird like botox in his music video that was fake botox but people thought it was real and it's like super weird and i don't know what that's all about but then he just re-released blinding lights with rosalia which I think is cool and could be a hint to maybe him bringing in some sort of special guest. I also would like to mention, along with Blinding Lights, that big song in 2020, huge meme. Again, speaking of like Super Bowl potential memes, Blinding Lights was all over TikTok. Everyone doing that yes, stupid dance, yes. running in and out of the rooms. If he incorporates that dance in any way, I will be a super a weekend stand for the rest of my life i <laughs> would die on his grave like that would be amazing i don't think it'll happen because he doesn't he's like too cool for that but it should so do you feel uh, do you feel like oh my god i have so many things that i'm thinking about now like we talked about one of our favorites being one that was like a you know a mashup not only in the songs but how many people they had out there. So like, is he too artsy and too cool to bring out some other people that are going to make it exciting? Is he just going to do it himself? Like what? Like maybe the Rosalia thing? Like, I mean, maybe his creativity will take him to a place where we'll have some pretty cool collaborations. I don't know. Yeah. So we've seen Lady Gaga did it completely by herself. Justin did it by himself, except with the Prince, like, hologram. But for the most part, there's usually some sort of special guests. Like, Shakira and J-Lo brought out uh, Bad Bunny and yep. J Balvin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, like, there's always, I think, the fun of the Super Bowl is, like, what are they going to do and who are they going to bring out? I think that's sort of a precedent that's been set. And because Lady Gaga smashed it, doing it by herself, I don't think you can do that anymore like her surprise was that there was no surprise interesting this is true this is true i hope there's a surprise now i want a surprise now i'm dying for a surprise me too and i hope it's similar to the like aerosmith britney in sync mary j blige thing where it's someone that you would completely not think of but is still super culturally relevant and that it mashes up together but isn't the same genre or that the weekend hasn't necessarily worked with before that would be so freaking cool i don't i mean i completely agree with this analysis i don't like in my millennial heart of hearts i just i don't think for the weekend that there's any lineup that for me would rival aerosmith britney and nsync and Nelly and you know like or even the Beyonce performances of the world with Bruno and Coldplay like I just don't know if it's possible for him for me that being said I really hope he kills it I just don't even know what 
what of his music would knock it out of the park for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, just, I, don't, I, just, I don't know. I just hope, I have a feeling that they're going to try to play on the whole, like, virtual, I feel like they're going to, like, try to do something weird that's just not going to hit home. That's not the songs themselves, because he has bangers. Like, he has, he has great songs. It's not that that won't hit home. I just have a feeling they're going to get, like, too cheeky and too creative and try to do something with like the virtualness of what's been going on in the world. I don't know. And then I feel like it's not going to translate to the show and that's going to like leave everybody feeling like let down. That's like my prediction. Yeah. I hope it's not, I hope it's not a zoom halftime show. (laughs) I was going to say like, I feel like we deserve this in 2020 to 2021. Like this is the halftime show that was expected, but I don't know. I like the weekend overall. I hope it's half decent and he's not like in scary like uh prosthetics or like anything. Like let's not go but... too theatrical. Let's make this like a halftime show that people can like get up and dance and be happy about. That said, yes. also controversial. I mean, I wish it was like Dua Lipa. Like why isn't Dua Lipa doing the halftime show? Oh, yeah, she bring be. out Dua Lipa. <laughs> Give me Dua Lipa, please. Yeah. I think best case scenario this ha- Super Bowl halftime show is fine and nothing crazy happens. And when we regroup and do this in five years, we don't even mention it because it was just whatever. Because I don't think we're ready to get back in like the let's all celebrate and be happy time yet because we can't physically do that. So let this just be a wash of a year. <laughs> it's, it's what Flushable. we deserve this year. Yes. And I couldn't agree more. And... Beth, I mean, you are our guru. Is there any other shows that we should be calling out for being good, bad, or indifferent before we wrap this amazing segment at the end of the show? I think we've hit on the important ones. I think there are wacky moments in the past, like before our our memories probably, but who cares? The Super Bowl halftime show started at 2001, and everything before that or after that compares to that. Woo! That is absolutely fucking right. I love right. it. I love okay, that take. So, Beth, if we want to find you anywhere else, I know that on the side you have been a podcast host in the past. Obviously, that's part of the reason you're so congenial on the show. If we are looking to find you, should we find you? Can we find you? Where are you? Um, that's a great question. I am on the internet very much so, especially now. So feel free to find me particularly on TikTok. My handle is I'm your best Beth. Um, wow. Some fun content there. And I think that's good enough. From there, you could probably find literally anything else you'd want to find about me. So we'll start there. You don't want, you don't want to give your social security number and just like go all in on it or what? <laughs> um, unfortunately, I think no for now. I'll pass on that for now. <laughs> well, Beth, as always, you're the best. Thank you for being on the show and rounding out what is our penultimate episode of Draft Queens going into the Super Bowl. Tune in next Friday. As always, all of our DQDs at 8 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, and before we get to the end of the show, some of you wonderful DQDs have called in and um, we've heard from the expert, but we've also heard from so many Draft Queen fans, and we picked out some of our favorite moments of you calling in and leaving us your favorite Super Bowl halftime show. So we're going to play that now, and um, then we'll get to the end of the show. 
Hey girls, it's Dave from Australia. Love the work you're doing with this uh, with this podcast. I uh, thought I'd let you know my favourite and least favourite moment, I guess, of uh, the Super Bowl halftime show. So probably favourite, I reckon, would be hard to go past Coldplay in terms of the performance itself. I'm not going to say, wouldn't say maybe least favourite moment, but in terms of hilarious. Um, I mean, the Dancing Shark with Katy Perry back in 2015 probably steals the show. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we've got a good one installed this year. Enjoy, enjoy the uh, enjoy the big game. Cheers. Uh, this is Alyssa um, <laughs> from Cincinnati. Who day? Um, best Super Bowl performance would have to be um, Justin Timberlake both times because as a 90s child, Justin Timberlake is it. Um, will forever be it. Um, so, you know, you had Nipplegate, which is whatever as a child. Like, you're like, well, what is this? Um, and then he turns around and redeems himself in 2018. So, I mean, he's, he's just, he's just it and will forever be it. So no one's ever going to top his Super Bowl performance and, uh, fight me on it. That's all. Hi, this is Connor. I just wanted to tell you a little bit about my, my favorite Super Bowl halftime show moment. And I got to tell you, this one, this moment is a moment that gave me goosebumps. And that is back in 2005 when the Eagles were playing against the Patriots and Paul McCartney was playing Hey Jude as his finale song. And let me tell you, that stadium went absolutely crazy. And I watched that. I watched the YouTube video of Paul McCartney singing Hey Jude before I called you guys. Just to relive that beautiful Super Bowl moment. Paul McCartney, Hey Jude, was an absolute masterpiece. I've never seen a crowd so into a Super Bowl halftime show. That is my favorite Super Bowl moment, and God bless the draft queens. Take care. Bye. What's up, Kate and Michelle? This is Laura, huge draft queens pod fan. Um, I just had to call in and share my favorite. Super Bowl halftime show moment, which was obviously Queen Bee herself, Beyonce, um, which would have been enough in itself, but then Kelly Rowland popped out of the stage, as did, uh, what's her name? Michelle. Nobody cares about her. <laughs> Hashtag poor Michelle. <laughs> but Beyonce was incredible. Um, I think she had a drum line in there at some point. Um, so that was definitely all-time favorite moment. I mean, any performance in- involving Beyonce, you know, is just going to be a plus. Um, but yeah, that was my favorite moment. Poor Michelle. Thanks. Bye. What's up? It's Billy Briz from Pub Sports Radio. My favorite Super Bowl halftime show was last year's Chiefs and 49ers Super Bowl 54, Shakira and J-Lo. It felt like a concert and it felt like I was going through my childhood. One of my favorite Super Bowl halftime shows is uh, Michael Jackson and then uh, Prince also as well. So um, just seeing Shakira and J-Lo in the year 2020 was absolutely amazing to see. Um, you know, make sure you follow Post Sports Radio. I'm out. All right. So that's the best from so many of you, and there are so many others. So if you have any hot takes after listening to this very wonderful halftime show for the Super Bowl segment, Go ahead and find us on all of our social channels, if you don't already, at The Draft Queens on Instagram and at The underscore Draft Queens on Twitter. We love you guys. So find us there as always. Let us know what you think of this Super Bowl segment. And as always, we will see you next Friday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
uh, anywhere you listen, whether that's Apple, Spotify, or otherwise. We love you. Happy football and see you next Friday.